Welcome to another episode of Roushing a Judgment. You know, I'm not even going to throw out the numbers at this point. I don't know. You you probably know because you, you saw it when you clicked on it. But I don't know, and that's okay. Uh, yeah. What are my politics? What are they? What are my political views? Um, I want to get into this with... A somewhat early episode uh, in this, you know, still kind of beginning of the revival phase because, um, excuse me, I was just looking at the the monitor to see what a belch looks like on the little the little lines, the polygraph. Um, I had a Ricola because I wanted my my throat to be nice and. Nice and juicy for this. Um, have some water to really grease it down. But um, anyway, I guess it's giving me a little belt cheese. But anyway, yeah, my political views. Um, this comes up because, you know, as uh, some of you know already, you know, basically this business I'm trying to build is... Um, my books, the podcast, and videos, and maybe gaming too. And, you know, my politics runs through all of that to different degrees, right? With different levels of subtlety. If you go on my Twitter, which might be private right now because I'm uh, job hunting, but um, if you go on my Twitter when I'm not, you know, job hunting, or maybe I'll unlock it by the time this comes out, it's just like, a lot of politics just right in your face. With my books, it's more subtle. Um, so I thought here would be a really good opportunity to just spell out, like, what are my political views? Like, what are my stances on policies? That way, uh, you know, those of you who read my novels or have read them or are looking forward to the next one or just want to know, you know, what my biases are, um, where I'm coming from when I talk about politics and culture on this podcast. You just know straight up what the views are. So um, this is going to touch on a lot of issues. I think I'll have separate episodes for like what it means to be a leftist, what people mean when they talk about left and right and how the view of the political spectrum, I think, is very propagandized and oversimplified in the mainstream media. It's going to touch on all of that. You know, if you want me to get into more detail, you'll see more episodes coming up. But I'll just be blunt about the policy positions and the kind of core values those positions come from. So core values... Um, Fairness is really important to me. Just this idea of fairness. What does it mean for the world to become more fair? And that links to all kinds of different policy positions I have where I just want people to have a fair shot at um, having a peaceful life where they're content and fulfilled enough um, freedom is another big one 
And freedom, you know, that manifests in a bunch of different ways. Uh, you know, free speech I care deeply about. Um, I think with only very extreme exceptions, such as uh, child pornography and, um, you know, doxing and uh, some speech that could be considered hate speech, like w with the exception of, of those rare, or sorry, not rare, those, those uh, outlier cases, I really think people should just be able to say whatever they want. And even if you think that it's lying or misinformation or disinformation or whatever it is, uh, you know, even if you're offended by it, you think it's controversial, you think it's whatever, like unless you can really make an argument that it is di directly creating a risk of physical harm to someone, such as, as doxing, like, you know, or, uh, or revenge porn or something like that, where you're, you know, like if you put out someone's address uh, to like an angry internet mob, their home address, and they're not like some really wealthy person who has like private security or whatever it is, or the government protecting them, then yeah, that's, I don't, that is free speech. I don't think that should, uh, I do think there should be consequences for that. And then the person should be protected if, uh, you know, especially if they're just like a normal person who maybe is being doxxed because they said something controversial, whatever. So anyway, I went off on a tangent there, but free speech is very important to me. Um, and relating to freedom, bodily freedom is very important to me. I think, uh, you know, women should be able to do what they want with their, well, everyone should be able to do what they want with their bodies, but, you know, to say it more simplistically, I support abortion rights. Um, and I'm very consistent on the issue of bodily freedom because I also uh, do not think people should be forced to get injections that they don't want to get. Even if maybe you think that their reason for not wanting to get it is silly. Um, you know, I just think it's a slippery slope when you get to a place where you can economically or legally, you know, or physically force people to get uh, different kinds of um, drugs, you know. And it's the same, you know, with... Um, forced, uh, you know, putting fluoride, you know, extra artificial fluoride in people's water that they didn't vote to have there. You know, I think if people want fluoride and other kinds of chemicals like that in their system in added levels, then they can buy fluoride toothpaste. You know, they don't have to be drinking it. Um, or if they want to drink it, they can get a fluoride tablet and put it into water and they can ingest it. I know fluoride seems like kind of a weird issue to bring up, but I got really into it because I worked for a company that sold uh, fluoride-free toothpaste, um, among many other products. And part of how I helped them market that product was writing you know, journalistic content about uh, the anti-fluoride movement. Although I didn't like really... 
I didn't take a stance. I just kind of said, like, there are concerns people have um, about w- water and fluoride. Not, uh, they're not the naturally occurring, but the, um, the artificially added, which usually is a, it's a byproduct of uh, phosphate mining, um, if I'm remembering that correctly. So anyway, uh, yeah, fairness, freedom of what to say, of what to do with your body, uh, that, that includes um, trans rights, you know? I think when people are past uh, a certain age, I'm still kind of, I mean, probably 18, but, you know, when they're past a certain age, they really know what they're doing. They're, they're not going to want to, like, reverse it. Hopefully, you know, they should be able to get the surgeries they want to and they should be able to change how their body looks and and change it back, too. But ideally, you know, you don't, you, when they want to do that, you just, without patronizing them or, um, you know, telling them they're wrong or anything, you, you just tell them, hey, like, this is a big decision, you know, don't, don't rush this. Like it might be very hard to undo and there are things that could go wrong. Um, so anyway, yeah, bodily freedom, freedom, just any kind of freedom. Um, no war. That's a huge one. Uh, I'm just against war. You know, I, I don't really think that there has been at least from a, you know, United States perspective, I don't think there is a, necessary war we've engaged in since World War II because we were not the aggressor in that case. Um, you know, we were attacked and I'm not, I'm not justifying everything we did after we were attacked. Uh, certainly not the, uh, using nukes, but, um, really I think since then, you know, the U S and many other countries have just engaged in all kinds of different wars, uh, whether it's just straight up taking land, just taking land from people who are living there, um, you know, or economic warfare, drone warfare, obviously uh, regime change wars like Iraq. Um, I was against Afghanistan from the very beginning. That's actually something I'm really proud of. Because I feel like a lot of people, it took people a long time to realize that if the Afghanistan war was a bad idea too. Iraq, I think like immediately like half or so of the country was like, you know, wait, but wait, weren't, were those guys even from Iraq? Like what? Whereas me, I got that part, like even as a little kid, but then for Afghanistan, I was just like, okay, so a bunch of guys blew up a building, which is horrible, but were they part of the, like, official Afghan military? You know? Like, it's not... um, And I get that there were connections and everything, but I just... To me, it didn't seem, like, the same as what happened with with Pearl Harbor, where it was, like, this large-scale assault from the Japanese military as part of a conquest. Uh, To me, 9-11 is very different than that. And, you know, if you want to... 
if, if a building in your country gets destroyed and thousands of people die, and it's a, you know, it's a few people who are responsible for that, I, to me, the solution seems that you find those specific people more through kind of covert operations rather than sending troops in and basically trying to take over the country those people were from. Um, so I'm very staunchly anti-war. And just to define war even further, I mean, I, you know, I consider what the uh, Israelis are doing to the Palestinians war, um, you know, to a, a gradual ethnic cleansing. Uh, I think certain types of sanctions can be considered war. Um, I'm not saying I'm entirely opposed to sanctions. I think, you know, I, I support the uh, boycott, um, divest sanction movement against Israel, and there are certain types of sanctions I would consider supporting against Israel. Uh, I think the divestment part is the most important first step. Just stop giving them our taxpayer money that they use to kill and oppress another race of people. Um, so I'm just very, very anti-war. And obviously Ukraine comes up, uh, you know, I don't think we should be sending weapons to Ukraine. Uh, I don't think we sh should have ever meddled in Ukraine. You know, we, we helped with the, we as in the U.S., we helped with this coup in 2014. Um, you know, there were all kinds of moves the U.S. took to escalate the situation where Putin felt it was necessary for him to invade uh, Ukraine. And I'm not excusing what Putin did. I'm just saying that I think the U.S. could have easily prevented that from happening. And, you know, now I think we're just, we're in a proxy war. Like, even if we're not sending our, well, we are a little bit. Even if we're not, like, sending large-scale military forces there the way we did with Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, we are... It's a proxy war against Russia that we're engaged with, and basically we're using the Ukrainians as meat shields. Um, I don't think we're looking out for them. I don't, you know, sending them the weapons is not to protect them. It's so to it's to use them to fight against Russia. When really we could we could probably stop the war anytime we want. You know. Um, so that's a big theme of my politics is just being very very anti-war. Uh, I am very pro um, single-payer health care, as in I don't think we should have a private health insurance system the way we do now, where there's this extra layer, extra tax you have to pay because of uh, the private health insurance companies. Um, I think they should be eliminated and that we should start with Medicare for all, single payer, and then ideally um, even move from that to like what the UK has, where um, you know, and whether you whether you agree or not with like the different aspects of like what parts of society should be private versus um, more government regulated. I don't think you can argue with the results of the UK system. Uh, I remember when I was a lot younger, I forget which Olympics it was, but the UK celebrated their healthcare system 
as part of their Olympic ceremony. And that just blew my mind. Like, what? Like, they like their healthcare system so much that, like, unprompt... Well, I don't know, maybe the government, like, pushed them a bit, but relatively unprompted, like, they would have that be a theme of their Olympic ceremony? Like, can you imagine if we had, like, an... Like, uh, well, unfortunately, actually, there are private healthcare company parades. Usually, like, they'll, during during um, Pride Month and stuff like that, they'll come out and be like, you know, not that, I, I'm not saying that's wrong, but just, but can, can you imagine if we had, like, an Aetna-themed Olympic ceremony or, like, a, well, at the rate we're going, I feel like we could have probably like a Pfizer-themed Olympic ceremony. I see Pfizer ads everywhere now, on the subway, on the... Anyway, that's a, a tangent, but um, yeah, healthcare. I mean, just vastly important. You know, I have a lot of health problems. I just did not really hit the genetic lottery. Um, so I have a bias there. But regardless, like, even if I was, like, incredibly healthy, you know, I think given how I came to my other political views, I think I still would end up wanting um, health care for everyone, where, you know, there's no co-pays, there's no premiums, there's no out-of-pocket expenses, Uh, you pay one tax, it's not that big of a tax, and then that's it, and you don't pay anything else and it's not through your fucking job oh my god i hate employer-based health insurance it it, the employers don't want to deal with it and it just gives them so much power over employees um and i think if everyone had to have the same health care plan and it was the best possible health care plan then everyone's like well okay of course that's the choice i'm gonna make because it's like everyone just gets the best thing. Like, what else would you want? You know, again, they get, this kind of goes back to the freedom issue where I think for me, freedom kind of has different applications where sometimes people who are proponents of the private healthcare system will say, well, people want choices. Why would you want to take those choices away from them? And I get it. It's true. It, it does take a little bit. It takes a little bit of choice away from them because... Really, like, if you don't, if if you're getting your health insurance from the government, you know, Obamacare is the system right now. Obamacare is garbage. I mean, it's it's really bad. Uh, Even just the process of trying to get it can be pretty excruciating. Um, You know, it's it's even one, even the some of the best Obamacare plans are not as good as a lot of like the worst employer-based health insurance plans. So it's true that you can choose, but it's like choosing between like hard stool and soft stool, you know? Like it's it's all shit. Like, yay, what a good what a great choice. I get to choose diff- between different types of pieces of shit. Like they're all pieces of shit. Uh to me that's not really a choice, especially when it's tied to your your job and then um usually the job the the options your job gives you are very limited 
So again, you know, it always kind of comes back to these different ideas of freedom, fairness, um, and just not wanting innocent people to get hurt, whether that's through war, whether that's through police brutality. Um, you know, I just don't want regular innocent people to get hurt. Uh, and I want people who have ridiculous amounts of money to pay their fair share of taxes. You know, going back to like the, the taxation, um, I want wages to be higher. I think $15 actually isn't even asking for enough. I think, um, I think really the minimum wage, I think it should be at least $35. And people tell, some people tell me I'm just crazy, like batshit when I suggest that, but... You know, I think if you look at how much you look at how much money we spend on the military, how billionaires are paying around fifteen percent in taxes, how we seem to have limitless money to send to Ukraine while they have homeless people here. Um and then you look at what happened with the stimulus checks, right? I do think that even if not every employer could afford to give people something like a $35 minimum wage, or I think even higher, ideally, then you could essentially have kind of a, a version of the stimulus checks going out more regularly, which is like, uh, I'm not really an Andrew Yang fan. I have criticisms of him, but that's sort of like universal basic income. But I, I like the idea better of a federal jobs guarantee where, okay, maybe you're not crazy about the job, but if you want a job, you can get a job. And as long as you do it well enough, then you can hold it and you're guaranteed a basic level of income that is sustainable, not just enough for you to barely survive, but enough for you to like live well enough. Um, and that's what you get from that job, you know? And if you can't work, then okay, but, uh, you know, then... There's some other way that you're taken care of. And not if you, like, if you actually can't work. Like, not if you just don't, like, feel like working. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if I'm missing any of my key political views here. Yeah, I think those are all of the big ones. Well, I think Puerto Rico should be a state. I mean, that's not, like, a huge issue people talk about a lot, but... I think Puerto Rico uh, should be a state. Oh, unions, that's one. I mean, I feel like ideally we would have strict laws for how employers have to treat their employees. Um, and then maybe unions wouldn't be as necessary, but realistically, you know. Anyway, the, the point is I support unionization. I know they're not all perfect. I know some of them are corrupt or have been corrupt. Um, but generally I think unions are a net positive and I think they, certainly the ones with a good record, uh, should be strengthened and I, and I'm happy to see the union wave that's been sweeping the country recently. So very pro-union, pro-worker, um, pro-workers being able to own, uh, shares of the businesses they work for, just like the managers do, um, 
you know, I guess you you could call that kind of the cooperative model. You know, there are different ways to talk about the name for that policy, but basically just workers having a lot more power over their work and how they're treated. Um, and then obviously in terms of, I mean, I touched on this already in terms of freedom, but just to clarify, like I am, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, like socially libertarian. I, I think people should be able to marry who they want and, um, you know, all that good stuff, right? Just the, the kind of standard, like, social views you would uh, expect from a leftist. Um, and and then in terms of uh, regulation, which I touched on already, you know, I think it's just preventing harm, you know? We, we should have laws designed to prevent harm to innocent people. Um, and... You know, so that means being more strict about what chemicals are allowed in products. And uh, and then I guess that links to pollution issues too, you know, like regardless of whether you think climate change is a threat or, or how big of a threat it is, um, I would hope we can all agree that we want the air to be cleaner. Uh, we want the water to be cleaner. We want our food to be cleaner, our products to be cleaner, um, less likely to cause illnesses, uh, you know, likely to be more conducive to a healthy lifestyle, um, at least when we're trying to get products that are supposed to be healthy. I mean, I'm, you know, go have junk food if you want, but you should, you know, you shouldn't be trying to get something healthy and then really it's like hurting you just as much as the junk food because it's not regulated well enough. Um, uh, I think we should have a national recycling system. I know from trying to recycle well myself that having different regulations for pretty much every area, it just, uh, there's so much material that ends up not getting recycled. And that's a shame. Um, so I think we should have a national recycling system that is more well-funded, where the goal is to uh, recycle everything rather than sort of a neoliberal market system, which is what we have right now, where if there's someone in the recycling supply chain who can't make money at a certain step, then the material doesn't get recycled. And I don't, I, I don't think it should be a business because it's sort of like an environmental good. Again, whether you think it's related to climate change or not, like, I think we can all agree that we don't want trash everywhere. You know, I think that's easy enough to agree on. We, we want less trash. Uh, and that leads me to composting, too. I think there should be a national composting system where just all of our compostable waste, the government just composts it and for free distributes the fertilizer to support farmers. Um, oh, that kind of brings me to, um, outsourcing. I am very against outsourcing. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think people should be able to, to come here legally and get, uh, jobs here. 
But I don't, I, I think unless it's absolutely necessary in terms of like, you know, there's a certain crop that can't be grown in the, uh, the U.S. Um, I think, you know, 90 whatever percent, as high as we can go, of our food, products, everything should all be grown, manufactured, manufactured as cleanly as possible right here in the U.S., and I think all countries should do that as much as possible. I really think that, you know, uh, sort of international trade and, um, you know, shipping jobs and everything like that should only be a last resort when you really just can't do it any other way rather than having it be the first approach taken because we want to pay workers less, you know? Um, I mean, I know coming from the tech world, there's the, uh, there's this constant attitude of just like, oh, well, g get a bunch of like, you know, uh, remote people in the Philippines to do it. And I look, I mean, I've been to the Philippines, you know, like my wife is Filipino. Like I'm not you know, saying I have anything against that, but I just think that the, People who live here, you know, born here or not, the people who, who live here uh, should get first dibs on those jobs. So um, not a big fan of job outsourcing uh, in terms of, you know, I, th I think if a job is created here, then someone who's working in the country or, p or paying taxes here or whatever should be the first one who has an opportunity to take that job, even if you have to pay them more than getting someone in where, you know, wherever to do it. Um, and that kind of ties back to laws and regulations and stuff like that. Cause I'm sure that, you know, people wouldn't voluntarily do that. Um, and that also ties back to freedom. You know, that's another Right. Like I'm not the same as like a libertarian where I feel like, a, you know, a, a like hardcore libertarian would probably say like, well, just, you know, capitalism, let it let it do its thing, you know, hire like an army of people in, uh, you know, the Philippines to run your call center instead of, you know, people here who maybe are, are homeless and could use a job like that. Um, anyway, yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, I think by now you should get a pretty good view on my politics. Um, you know, I think often the labels don't really end up meaning much of anything, but I, I do use them still sometimes, and I think most of the people who see them on my online presence know what I mean and maybe they're in that camp too but if you had to put a label on me I think the, the first one I go with is populist because the vast majority of the positions I have are very popular you know I mean most people want universal health care most people want the rich to pay you know billionaires at least to pay higher taxes they want cleaner air cleaner water um less military spending, uh, you know, higher minimum wage, et cetera, right? Those are all populist positions. Um, and, 
Oh, Wall Street regulation. Tax the hell out of Wall Street. That's a big one. Um, so yeah, populist, I think, is a fair label. None of these labels are perfect, but I think that's a pretty fair one. Leftist is the next one. Uh, that one, I think, doesn't work as often just because there's this huge divide in the leftist community. There, 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 there are two factions of the left, um, at least in a way I define the left, where I'll, I'll get into that in another episode. Uh, so leftist, I kind of don't embrace quite as much because I'm on, I'm on one side of the left and I have just vehement, vehement disagreements. I mean, huge disagreements with other people, uh, people on the other side of the left to the point where it's kind of like we're sharing this label even though we're completely opposed to each other on major, major issues. So populist, I think, has held up a little bit better for me compared to leftist. Um, but I use both and I'll probably continue to use both. It's fluid, you know. So, uh, yeah, now you know about my political views. Um, obviously, I do not expect you to agree with me on all of them or even any of them. And, and that's great, right? Like, I'm friends with people who have uh, voted Republican, who, who always vote for Democrats, who don't vote, who, like me, vote more kind of uh, independent, third-party um, more kind of for the candidate than the party. You know, that's... I don't think... I, I think our actions on a personal level define whether we're a good person or not, more so than our policy positions. And that's a big theme I'll be getting into with a lot of these episodes, is being tolerant, trying to be tolerant, trying to be accepting... Um, trying to love each other in spite of disagreements. Uh, but yeah, now you know, you know, those big policy issues and we'll be getting into them on a lot of these episodes, um, sometimes in a more serious way, sometimes in a more, you know, funny or even kind of toilet humor way. Um, I, well, especially in terms of sex, because I, I believe in um, uh, legalizing or, or at least decriminalizing uh, sex work. Excuse me, I'm belching again. Um, so there will be a lot of fun, interesting angles to which we can approach these more serious issues. And yeah, let me know how you felt about this episode, by the way. Like, Because I feel like the, the text me when you get home one, I feel like that's guaranteed to be a banger. Like, people are going to be like, yeah, that's that. That's that raw roush where he's just spitting that that good shit. Uh, the political stuff, I feel like it could, you know, it could go either way. But I'm kind of hoping that maybe I get people into it a bit through the other episodes. Maybe I get people into those other topics through the politics. You know, I love like mixing circles of people in my life and just bringing people together to have fun, to think more deeply, hopefully to laugh, to learn. And yeah, I hope this episode started to accomplish a bit of that. So with that, I will sign off again. As 
always, at least until I get sponsors, which, uh, by the way, if you want to plug anything on my podcast, very cheap. I will not charge you a lot. I really will not charge you a lot. In fact, if you want to just say, hey, Joseph, uh, you know, I bought your books here. I bought your books, reviewed your book. Can you can you plug my product, my project, my, I don't know, your uh, TikTok, your, what's the other, your OnlyFans, whatever, man, I don't care. Um, can you, you know, plug that on your podcast? Hey, sure. I will make a deal with you. Uh, but in the meantime, until I get to that point, you can support this podcast only. It's the only way to do this right now by buying one of my novels, Teach Me How to Die or The Last of the Mentally Ill. So thank you for that support. See you next time. Adios.